Welcome to the e-commerce marketing society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hi, and welcome to episode nine with one of my most favorite female founders, Steph Pryor, CEO of Montico and The Lunch Punch. Steph has a special place in my heart, not only because I adore her products and her brand, but because she was one of my first private e-commerce coaching clients. She took a chance on me and my business has blossomed since, as has hers, but she takes all the credit for that. So it's really lovely timing that today's episode is brought to you by my new group program, Ecom Grow Strong, an e-commerce marketing framework that will help you build strong foundations for your business and improve the effectiveness of your marketing and allow you to grow your brand, grow your audience, your impact, and of course, sales. And doing this all with more direction and clarity because you can't do anything without either of those things. So the wait list for the new group program is now open. So just head to my website and add your name to Ecom Grow Strong waitlist and you'll be the first to find out more details as soon as they come about. And of course, get yourself the early bird offer. So without further ado, here's today's episode. It's a really good one. Hi, guys. Welcome, Steph, and welcome, Emma. Thank you. So excited to have you, Steph. You know I'm a big fangirl of Monty and Lunch Punch. And Emma, uh, welcome. I haven't met you before, but thank you so much for joining us. You're the marketing assistant at Montico. And Steph, if you don't know already, she is the owner of Montico and Lunch Punch. And we're here today to talk all about their marketing strategy, but in particular, one that I guess doesn't get talked about enough, and that is affiliate marketing. So, Steph, why don't you introduce yourself so everybody knows a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. All right. Well, I am the owner of The Lunch Punch, and I started Monty. I'm still... I still am the owner of Monty. I always find it hard to say what I do because I'm I'm not as heavily involved in the day-to-day operations anymore. Well, that's my my goal, um, to work more on the marketing and the creative side. But, yeah, my background is actually as an IT nerd, so I love the website and the creative and the systems and all of that part of running the business. Um, And I actually had to learn a lot of the marketing and Lisa helped me a lot. (laughs) You did it all on your own. (laughs) Okay, cool. And so Monty, you design and produce beautiful rad reusables, reusables, yes, like drink bottles, smoothie smoothie cups, um, lunch bags. Um, Where did you come up with the idea? Uh, I think like a lot of businesses, it came from me not being able to find what I wanted to buy. 
Um, so first of all, it was the lunch bags that got me started. So my, I've got two little boys. They're very rough on things. And I found that in the market there was um, the lunch bags that lasted forever that was super sturdy but were a bit ugly or maybe not always ugly but very plain. And then at the other extreme there was the beautiful ones, you know, the great, exciting, fun prints, but they just didn't last. They didn't hold up to my boys. And I decided that I wanted to make something that did both. Um, yeah, so I started working on the lunch bags first and made a drink a drink bottle to match. I, I love Matchy Matchy and our customers all love Matchy Matchy. So um, and then the range has kind of just expanded from there. Yeah, you've kind of gone gangbusters over the past couple of years. So when did you start Monty? Uh, it's just on three years ago now. Yeah, so I started, I feel lucky actually because I had Lunch Punch first. So I purchased Lunch Punch as an existing business and I learned so much from that. I learned about manufacturing, I learned about wholesaling and distribution. And it just meant that when I started Monty, which kind of feels like my baby, my third baby, um, I kind of already had that network in place and it did make it a lot easier for me. Um, yeah, but yes. Monty's. Just turning three next month, actually. Oh, my gosh, that's going to be a big party. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about um, your general marketing mix because I know a lot of my followers love your brand because I've talked about it a lot as well, so they know that I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) Why don't you, and I'm sure they would love to know, yeah, just a little like a broad example of what your marketing mix looks like now and then we can dive into affiliate marketing. Sure. Um, so I would say about two years ago, before I worked with you, Lisa, we were 100% social media. So we felt like the most important thing in the world was just to have beautiful social media posts. And we pretty much neglected everything else. Um, we did have a like a network of wholesalers, and they're all out there working really hard, um, representing our brand as well, which helps. Um, yeah. But since then, we've really started to focus on email marketing, Emma, you're probably better than me at knowing the numbers, but I know we now, we now, we now have over 20,000 people on the oh, email marketing list. And no that was, way. Yeah, that was zero. Uh, you would remember, Lisa, maybe 18 months ago. I think it was zero. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I have a figure of maybe like three or 4,000. Maybe it was around that. Yeah, and I think maybe. we were really pleased with that. So that's incredible. Yeah. So emails are a huge part of our marketing now. Um, we do do paid ads as well. We don't depend on them super heavily, or if we do, it's really only the retargeting ads. Um, once mm-hmm. we've already they've already visited our website, um, and then otherwise, the affiliates and influencers is probably our biggest um, biggest focus for this season. And I, I so our busy season is from November to January. So we kind of um, sit down earlier than that September October and work out what our plan is for that season and this season Mm -hmm. we wanted to have a much more strategic approach to how we manage the affiliates and influencers and that's really paid off Um, and that's been a a lot of Emma's doing (laughs) she's the day-to-day one um, talking to them all and and keeping on top of that Awesome. I'm so excited to hear more about that and before we do one question that I had for you is you have always prioritized brand, especially for Monty, you know, how it looks, how it feels, the experience that customers get, and the the sense of fun that comes with it. So 
did you think about your marketing strategy, your, sorry, your inf- affiliate marketing strategy and how it aligns to your brand? Was that like a very early part of the thought process? Um, I would like to say that I did that from the start, but I didn't. <laughs> I, you know, when we first start, it's really easy to go, it's all about who has the most followers and let's just try and go for the biggest and that it doesn't, it didn't work for us. And I guess this season we have really gone back to going, uh, looking for people who fit. So are they creating content that our people would like, our, that our audience would like? Does their audience align with, yeah, with our brand? And, and that's probably why this season has been a lot more successful, that and having Emma, of course. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we focus more on the right people working with the right people this time yeah so I guess it's it you know goes without saying that you've had a there is trial and error with everything that you've done so far yes although I would like to say that working with an affiliate you you can do more trial and error because it's quite low risk as in it's Mm -hmm. not a huge investment up front whereas in the past I still kick myself for a print advertisement that I did when Monty was maybe like (laughs) I'm going red you can't see because it's a podcast but I'm still (laughs) embarrassed that Monty was probably three months old we had one product and I spent ten thousand dollars on one print ad and do you know what you wouldn't be the only person that's done that (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. It's yeah. So I think affiliate marketing is much lower risk. So at the end of the day, if you try an affiliate and um, they're not a good fit or it doesn't convert, all you've generally lost is some product that you've given them. So yeah. Well, why don't we before we get into the nitty gritty? Why don't we give like a, a broad definition of what we mean when we say affiliate marketing? Because I think some women that are listening are still sort of getting their head around, you know, the difference between brand ambassadors, affiliate marketing, influencer marketing. So from your perspective, how would you describe it? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you added that in that um, from my perspective because hopefully yeah. I get it right. <laughs> so we actually started with brand ambassadors or brand reps and generally those are people who are running usually I'd say a smaller Instagram account, but they create great content and they're generally working on a collab basis as in we give them product and they provide photos in exchange. They may or may not post those photos to their account. Um, Sometimes they just take photos and give them to us in a drive and that's actually where we started. And I started with that because I couldn't afford to have a photographer as often as I wanted to have new photos and that to me seemed like an easy way to um, to get photos that look different and have other people helping to create content. Yeah. Yeah, so we started with that and then um, an affiliate, they generally we give them product still but often they'll purchase product as well because they genuinely like the brand but they earn a, um, a percentage based on how many sales they generate for us. Um, so the, the percentage varies depending. Um, so we kind of have a base percentage that they start on and then um, we can negotiate on that if we need to depending on how well they're performing, how long they've been around, how big their account is. Um, but, yeah, so they're earning um, for from their audience basically. 
Yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's why I'm saying, I'm saying it's low risk as well. Uh, well, I look at it as low risk because generally you're just giving them some product to get started. And if they um, post about it or, you know, do some stories or make a video and it doesn't convert, well, you haven't spent $10,000 on a post like I did with that print ad. It's like, yeah. okay, well, that didn't convert. Um, and so we generally would start off with that. And then if it is converting well, you can invest more time and effort with that affiliate and, you know, either send them more product or look at doing some paid posts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear like, you know, with the trial and error, it is low risk, but I find that women still sort of hold on to that sense of failure and rejection and they don't try <laughs> the tactic again. Yes. Um, I hear that a lot. So how did you, was it a mindset shift for you? Like, how did you go, oh, well, well, that one sucked, you know, on to the next one. Like, how did you do that yourself? I think that we just got a really good one. And then I was yeah. like, oh, you know, when this works, it, it can be amazing. And um, it's funny, actually, Emma's probably got some statistics on this, but our best performing affiliate is not who you would think. It's not someone with the biggest following. It's, you know, it's not someone with the most beautiful photos. It's just someone who has a really highly engaged audience who just adores her and, you know, trust that what the product she's recommending she authentically loves them um oh, so I love that yeah so I think um if you were to sit down like it that taught me to not not necessarily be too critical when you're assessing the affiliates or just I guess what we're looking for has changed yes. after having that experience so Emma how many orders had she brought in did you say? Um, so we registered her as an affiliate um, in May of last year and since then um, she's actually brought in 850 orders using her code for us um, and she only really has a small following of under 4,000 followers. So, <gasps> yeah, so <laughs> yeah. that's almost a third of her following, you know, would have made a purchase. That's insane. That's insane. And do you mind me asking what does the what do those eight hundred plus orders equate to in sales? Ooh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <Got> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, that's a number well, we don't have. Um, our, that's average okay. order, our average order is around the eighty dollar mark at this point. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So a decent amount of cash let's say and a yeah. new following uh, those audience has come to you they've probably said they would have subscribed your email address so you can remarket the, to them over and over and over again throughout the years so by reaching out to that one person you know that's that's a game-changing result yeah it really has been for us and she's such a genuine supporter of our brand and just really fun to work with as well um yeah so I think that was a big I lesson for me. Yeah. And so why don't we talk about how you choose them, like the selection process. I, I asked in my um, Facebook group, you know, what are the questions around affiliate marketing? And really it's how to get started. Is it worth opening up to everyone or do you be really selective? Like how did you guys go about that process? You can answer that one, Emma, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of do a cross between um, we have an affiliate program that they can sign up to. So often we'll be reviewing their application or sometimes we just have a chat amongst us marketing girls in the office um, who've seen an affiliate 
online that we like that we think might suit the brand. Um, and we don't have such a strict criteria, obviously, of who who does and doesn't make the cut kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's really more about who fits the brand, who is going to seem genuine and who, you know, especially if they already use the products, that's a massive bonus for us already, you know, that they already know the features and they like the products. Um, okay. And how? let's say you cast the wide, sorry, the net a little bit wider and, and how do you contact them? Do you send them an invitation to join up or...? Yeah, so um, often, more often than not, we're DMing them on Instagram or they DM us um, and then we usually exchange emails just so that, you know, they don't get um, lost in amongst the sea of DMs. Uh, And then I'll usually tell them a bit about how our affiliate program works and the starting commission rate, that sort of thing. Um, Ask Mm -hmm. if they're already using the products or um, that sort of thing. And then I'll send them the link to fill out the application that just has like their details and what kind of what they would prefer their discount code to be if they have a specific username that sort of thing that's well known um, and then we'll review from there um, and then we provide them with that discount code that we set up in our website back end and also a tracking link so there's two ways that they can promote that and you know they can include the tracking link in an email a newsletter for example to their followers so that that someone doesn't always have to be using the discount code for it to uh, benefit the affiliate. Awesome. And how did how long does that take you to sort of manage the the process of working with affiliates and setting up this back end? Um, not not very long. Um, I the program was set up um, already when I started with Monty. So Steph can probably tell you a bit more about the integration um, and maybe the software that we use. But for me. It is a daily thing keeping up with all of our affiliates, keeping a good relationship um, up with them and always letting them know if we've got something new coming out or a specific campaign that we want them to be excited about. Um, but the actual setup and the integration is is very simple. Yeah, I think right. The other, the other part that we weren't doing until we had Emma is giving them some love after they've done a post and that has really made a difference as well so when they have done a post and you can see they've brought sales in you know jumping on and saying hey you did really well you you know we're just processing the payouts thank you so much for supporting our brand and and just kind of nurturing that relationship on an mm. ongoing basis yeah because they like yes. a part they're like a partner they you know a partner with our brand that we you know they're in uh, one of our VIPs who we try and um, interact with their posts and show them a bit of love as well. Exactly. It's almost like it's it's a parallel customer or, or relationship marketing strategy alongside your everyday buyers. Yes. And they have a lot of choice too. So they, they don't have to work with us. They could work with another brand, especially if they've got a great audience. Um, so, uh, you know, I want to be front of mind with them. I want them to have a good experience working with us, just like the customers at the end, you know, who are purchasing. I also want them to have a good experience too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, sorry, you go. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, my nerdy input is that we use an app that links to Shopify. It's called Affiliately. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, and that is how we track all our affiliates. So it lets you set up what their discount code is, what their link is going to be. It manages their commissions. 
records all of that and it actually lets you process their payments as well through PayPal. So I think when I first set it up, it may have been around $50 a month and I definitely put off doing that for a long time. I wanted to just process it manually, but it, it was a game changer. It makes it so much easier. It's paid for itself so many times over. So yeah, get Affiliately if you are thinking about doing it. <laughs> Fine. Well, you can become an affiliate of Affiliately. Yeah, <laughs> I should. Totally should. Yeah. Awesome. And um, I know you, when you talk about your customer experience, you when we've chatted before, you've talked about the experience that your wholesalers get, the experiences that your customers get, and now the experience that your affiliates get. And like, it obviously is very important to the Monty brand. And did you, is that a new strategy that you've come up with or it's something that organically grew as the business grew? Like you wanted people to feel good about interacting with your brand? I think it's kind of been that way right from the start because I was just aware, you know, the first product we actually launched was a drink bottle. So I started working on the lunch box, the lunch bags first, but they took a little longer um, to make it to market. So I launched with just a drink bottle and my thought was, you know, there's a million drink bottles out there. How do I stand out? And if somebody chooses to purchase from me, I want them to really remember that experience and talk about it with their friends, whether that person is you know, a retail customer or a wholesale customer. And so um, that's always been the goal. Um, yeah. yeah. Just to go above and beyond because I just, I'm just so conscious that there is a lot of choice out there and it's, and people don't choose a brand only because they love the product. Obviously that's part of it. The product has to be great, but that whole experience has to be great to keep them coming back and telling their friends about it. Totally, totally. And if people remember how they feel, like you say, and not necessarily, you know, how good the drink bottle lid closes yeah. or opens, you know, like Correct. you've yes. made those mums out there, then you've got so many of them, brand advocates, how you've made them feel, like you've made them laugh by showing them, you know, Jeff in the warehouse or, you know, make them laugh with the memes on your social media or yeah. feel excited by the unboxing aspect. It's It sounds like for you guys it's been sort of like the ma- magic dust that you've seemed to sprinkle on your marketing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, it's funny. Um, I don't know how that happened, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had a conversation about it the other day that somebody asked me how did how did I grow Monty and I was like, you know, I actually don't know. So that makes me panic a little bit because how do I make sure that I keep on doing it if I don't know how it happened? <laughs> oh, you do know. I, I remember chatting to you right at the start and you wanted everything to be fun and bright and, um, you know, not take everything too seriously. So, I think, yeah, it happened organically for you and I think it was a masterstroke getting, showing the the faces behind the brand too. I know it took a lot of encouragement to get you <laughs> yes. in front of the brand. It still does. And I, still does. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I was scrolling through your Insta feed to try and find a nice headshot of you and I had to scroll a long way back, Steph. I know. So this I know. is your... We had- um, Cohen and Emma had this conversation with me a few days ago suggesting that we do some more. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm sure you've got tons sitting in your folder because you guys do a lot of photo shoots, don't you? 
We do, but I am just not someone who likes being in front of the camera, so I'm much more comfortable being behind the scenes or making sure everybody else is in the photo. And actually Colin is very guilty of that too. So it was the two of us that we were talking about this week need more photos. (laughs) Well, why don't we touch on your team actually because that's one thing that I know a lot of business owners struggle with and you seem to have done it pretty swiftly from from your garage to your warehouse to you know how many people in your team now nine or something yeah so I did start it from my garage initially it was just me and my husband and we both had um day jobs so we would come home at night and pack orders and do anything else that needed to be done in the business I first started by hiring someone to help with the packing and then I had a virtual assistant Kirsty, who we still love who um (laughs) helped she did customer service and any kind of random admin from home. Actually, we were having a bit of a laugh about it the other day that she started with three hours a week and that felt like a huge stretch for me financially. It did. It did. It felt like a lot. Um, and, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. We did about 18 months working from home in the garage and uh, we went to off-site storage, which worked quite well initially and then the orders just got too much so we were driving between home and the off-site storage all the time getting more stock and yeah so uh it'd be 18 months ago now that we moved into the warehouse um and that really just let it let us expand in so many different ways one for by having the room to purchase more stock and the ability to ship more orders but also having the office space that meant that I could have you know, in-house staff. Um, and yeah, it's grown, it's grown quickly. Sometimes it I has. And <laughs> yes. And yeah. you managed to bring in, um, you know, key marketing, you know, people into the business to help you with it. And so you've got Cohen who does your like digital content. So Cohen, um, she basically we say she makes anything pretty so she does graphic design she does the graphic design she takes all our photos now and that has been a game changer having an in-house um photographer and then Emma is the words wizard as she called herself the other day Um, which is a skill that I do not have and you would know that Lisa from when we worked (laughs) together before I am much better at talking and terrible at trying to write anything I just sit there for hours staring at you know the three words I've managed to write so having Emma join has just it's been a game changer so she's writing all the captions for our socials and newsletter content and her and Colin work really closely together it's actually a business owner's dream to be able to say hey guys what about this idea and then between the two of them they just go and and make it happen because you know, Colin can take some photos and then Emma can put it together into a newsletter and, um, yeah, it's been great. Oh, man. That does (laughs) sound like a dream. (laughs) It really (laughs) is. And it's just let me work more on that strategy level and um, the nerdy, the the behind-the-scenes IT stuff that I am. That's just naturally how my brain works. I enjoy doing that stuff too. So that's been Absolutely. And you've got to double down on what you're good at um, and when you're ready, outsource for someone who can do it even better than you can, essentially. Yeah. Do you know that is a really hard lesson for me to learn is is for that, 
you know, when your business gets to that point that other people can actually do a better job than you, like it's grown as far as it can grow with your skill levels. And I feel like a lot of 2020 was about me learning that level, going uh, that lesson, sorry, going, hang on, I'm now becoming a bottleneck for everything. And I actually don't know better than these people. Like Emma is much better at writing than I am. And, and, um, by me saying that I have to approve everything or be involved in everything, I'm actually not helping. I'm actually mm-hmm. um, starting to slow everybody down. And, yeah, so that was actually quite hard to realise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's your baby, you know, um, but I, it's the best thing that you can do to go from, you know, significant growth to where you are to, like, the next level scaling, removing yourself from that bottleneck and approval processes and what have you and being the visionary. And it sounds like you're doing that. I'm trying. <laughs> not, <laughs> definitely not perfect, but, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. It's, um, yeah. Getting, not being afraid to hire people who know more than me or who are better at things than I am. Yeah, I love that. And also not being afraid to just try new things like you did, you know, what was it a couple of years ago with the affiliate marketing? And yes. what would you say to business owners that are thinking about it? What what do you need first? Do you need to be at a certain level or do you need um, to be making sales already or talk us through what you think about that? Oh, I'm going to sound like a poster girl for your coaching, Lisa, but I'm going to say that you, <laughs> that you have to have your foundations right because if your website is not converting, then there is no point um, sending more customers there. And that that probably contributed to um, why our earlier efforts didn't work, whereas now our conversion rate is great. I'm actually looking at some stats that Emma <laughs> made for us. So our conversion rate at the moment is 7% on our website. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. It's oh great. Oh, my Lord. Um, so that means that when we work with an affiliate, um, the traffic that they're sending over is more likely to convert, whereas I think you know, 18 months ago where our conversion was, you know, one point something, um, it just didn't, it didn't work as well. So I'd say you, you need to have those foundations set up and you need to be really clear on what kind of audience works and and focus totally. on affiliates that, you know, that match that. Don't go by who has the biggest following Um yeah, because we've worked with some big ones. We did a paid influencer, like pay for the post. Actually, it was just paid stories, I think. Was it, Emma, recently? Yes, yeah. Yeah, paid stories. That just didn't convert because we were sort of still get caught up in that shiny object thing, like, wow, look how mm-hmm. many followers they have. This is going to be amazing. Um, yeah, that's not always. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. and I think. That's great for you to share that because so many women almost need that permission to you know, start small and go for the people that look like they've got a great um, relationship, not the 20,000s, not the 100,000 followers because, you know, sometimes the, if the authenticity isn't there, then, yeah, it's not going to convert. And yeah, also that's it's true. beneficial if they are a smaller affiliate, um, you know, it, it becomes more of a relationship thing you're helping them they're helping you sometimes I think with the bigger influences it's it's more of just a job whereas 
as Steph said, we've yes. built a really lovely relationship with some of our smaller affiliates. Um, mm. and, and I feel like there's a community there and, and the engagement is better from it. Okay, Emma, why don't you talk us through some tips that you've got for people who are just starting out with affiliate marketing? Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the tips that we found really helpful was just to start small. You don't have to go, you know, all in at the start if you're just starting out with affiliate marketing. Um, we actually tried um, with one of our um, micro affiliates, sorry, she um we did a small test with her. We just did um, one story slide. We were just trying to see, um, test the waters a bit and see whether we wanted to do feed posts or paid posts. Um, and we actually started with just one slide with her and that worked out really well for us. Whereas um, we've actually done some paid posts for just stories with some bigger um, influencers and we found that those didn't work so well so we went back to the start back to who we tested with originally and then started to work with her more and that worked out really well for us. Awesome and do you track like the results weekly or monthly how do you sort of report on the return on investment? Um, as Steph might have mentioned, I'm a bit of a numbers nerd. So that's something I kind of check on every day. Um, when I come into the office, I'll have a look at who's been using the discount codes, um, how many unique visitors those have brought to the site and that sort of thing. Um, just so that I can keep an eye on who's working really well for us. Um, and as Steph said, we have different levels of commission that we can offer to some of our affiliates. So if it's somebody that's tracking really well, we're definitely happy to give them a bit of a push um, and that's also something that we found really works for us we um, offered all of our affiliates the opportunity to increase their um, discount code for their followers for a limited period of time um, mm -hmm. so where we might have been offering their followers a 10% discount if they wanted to run a specific campaign for a week or something um, or you know over the Christmas or Easter period that kind of thing we can offer them a higher discount rate for their followers which you know gives gives us a bit of a boost um, and gives their followers better engagement Emma's being yeah. really modest there she's being really modest because <laughs> that has that was a huge that was one of Emma's ideas and it has worked so well so basically we we spoke to our affiliates and said that they can raise their discount code to 15% once a quarter and yeah. Uh, and what that means is that they know if that discount code is 15%, they're going to bring in more sales. So they have actually worked so hard and made such great content to try and take advantage of that 15% week. So, for instance, if we're working with an affiliate and, and she knows it's back to school and she knows that it's probably going to work quite well, she might make a reel or do a feed post or do more stories than she would normally do about our brand in that week when her code is higher. And yeah. that, that has been amazing because it feels like um, it just gives that little bit more incentive for the affiliate and we just get such great content out of it because mostly if they're working in affiliate marketing, they are great content creators Mm -hmm. So they're going above and beyond taking photos and reels and videos and stuff um, using our products, which is great. I love that. Everyone benefits and keeping it for a special or a limited time of year, it sort of creates that sense of excitement and a sense of event around it, which works perfectly in e-commerce. 
Yeah, it does. And also you don't you don't want to have really high discount codes out there all the time. It feels like everybody yeah. does. Everybody expects a discount. And to be honest, so do I when I'm shopping. <laughs> so I get, yeah. I get it. I do. But um, you don't want to have like, so we cap it at 10% maximum for any ongoing discount that's just sitting out there. And I, I think you don't want to go for us personally. We don't want to go above that unless it's for a special event. You've got to yeah. that. You have to protect that margin. Like when, you know, we're not doing it just for fun. It is a business. So you do have to protect that margin as well. But that has worked really, really well. Yeah, I agree. Great advice. And my last question for you is all around the amazing content that you're creating with your affiliates. Do you give that an, another phase of life? Do you repurpose it for your ads or use it in your emails? Like what's your plan there? We have, we have, and we've um, probably not enough. I feel like we've just, because we've just come off our back to school peak where we actually just had so much great content. It's really hard to choose what to post. There's probably, um, it made it a different kind of hard for the marketing team trying to choose what post to put up when we had so (laughs) much great content. Um, But yeah, over the coming months, we definitely will. The challenge that we've got too is that we do, phase designs in and out so we need to be careful to make sure that we reuse that content quickly but it's definitely yeah it does yeah it does cool well hopefully i will be targeted with a monty ad to use <laughs> user generated content or influencer yes. generated content and i can send you a message saying well done <laughs> <laughs> i always look at um eleanor from we might be tiny she's so great at that she is she's generated content yeah she's amazing and very clever actually while I'm thinking of um Eleanor from we might be tiny she's done some great reels recently are you guys jumping on the reels bandwagon we are Ness we're lucky enough to have Ness who is not afraid to get in front of the camera and has um roped the whole team into doing some more reels it's I find it fun I find it fun actually it's nice to break up the day with a bit of that yeah, and you, once you do a couple, you can get um, get really quick at it. Plus, you can push the creativity as well, like with different transitions, different fun, you know, ideas and props and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, I look forward yeah. to seeing what you come up with. <laughs> oh no, I feel like you've given us some homework, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> you can tag me in it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steph and Emma. That was so good. And I know my listeners are going to just love learning from you and the success that you've had. And I'll be sure to add the link to Monty and the Lunch Punch because we can't forget good old Lunch Punch. I know. <laughs> I know. We love them. Um, and, yeah, we'll be, um, I'll be chatting to you soon, I'm sure. Thanks so much, Lisa. Thanks for joining us this week on the e-commerce marketing society podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future apps. If you found value in today, I would be forever grateful for a rating on iTunes, or if you just tell your biz friends about the podcast, that would be great too. If you'd like to learn more about me and my one-on-one six month coaching program strategy to sales, head over to my website, www.lisaburn.com.au and be sure to tune in next week for more marketing goodness with lots of love and lots of sales. I'll see you next week.